Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast... The trouble in Tampa could get spooky. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 49 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday afternoon? I do be chilling. It's a nice day outside, so I can see a little sunshine as I'm looking out this window, sitting in this enclosed room recording a podcast, but that's all right, because this, this is this stuff's good. It's very enjoyable, but at least I get a little bit of sunshine. I don't have to look out at snow or bleakness today, but yeah, you know, just, just, just living life. How are you? Oh, gorgeous day down here in Indianapolis, 65 degrees. Looking out back, we got the uh, the old pond in the backyard. Just came back from Culver's. Me and the roommate got a little uh, little concrete mixer, and ooh, oh, so joyous! What a day it is! It's Culver's outside of the Midwest. I don't know. That's a good question. That might that might have to be one that we look up here and uh, and let the fans know. But if you don't know what Culver's is, I mean, it's fantastic cheese curds. Butter burgers. I'm not a big butter burger guy. I don't know about you, Chase, but uh, they got some fantastic, fantastic tendies, and they brought back the buffalo tendies. They're just perfect. Uh, they're actually rivaling Chick Fil A for me right now. Like, okay, okay. they they pump. are neck and neck. I love both of them so much. Pump, 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 pump the brakes. All right, but uh there, there's 899 total restaurants in 26 states as of february 2023 it's primarily all in the midwest it looks like let's see what does this map say there's 40 to 60 down in florida um the states that are missing it oh that's not what i meant to do poop crap poop crap nice poop crap all right basically none of the northeast has it like none of those like really west western states have it um then there's like one to 20 anywhere from the 120 range in states like like texas the dakotas um what is that that's oklahoma so like like you know those type of states and on on you know the eastern coast like the carolinas georgia there's you know there's one to 20 as well but uh, when you look in the midwest that's where it gets a lot more packed there's anywhere from 40 to 60 in michigan there's 120 to 140 in wisconsin you know so so they're yeah they're definitely way more prominent here in uh, Midwest, but funny enough, Ohio only has one to 20 of them. Oh, weird. Well, no one really so likes Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the, yeah. the stepchild of the Midwest. 
of the United States. Yeah, that that's fair too. I mean, well, there's two of them that aren't even connected to the rest of the United States, so I feel like they might be the stepchildren of it. But you know, Ohio's at least those are still va- terrible. Those are vacation destinations, though. Well, like what, what one of Ohio them? For? One of them's an interesting vacation destination, if you want to call it that. Well, if you like if you like deep sea fishing and stuff, it's an awesome deep deep sea fishing spot up there. Or if you want no sunlight, like at all in the winter, then that could be a vibe too. Then go in the summer where it's only sunlight. Yeah, but who wants to do that? No one. Me. Oh, okay. Weird. All right, word. All right, on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, a little game review, game preview. Uh, things have not been going so hot with Tampa, so we are going to give you a little overview. What does Tampa need to do to clinch playoffs? Because right now, the team has not been performing great. It could get a little bit spooky here down the stretch. We'll give you all of that detail and more. After the commercial break, going to be talking about some news from around the league, including keeping you up to date on the signings from the NCAA uh, this one might be a little bit shorter. However, if you are a football fan, get ready because we are recording our other show, We're Not Professionals, right after this one. And we are looking at the top eight interior defensive linemen, the top eight D tackles in this year's upcoming draft. So if you're interested in that, make sure to head over there. You can see our good football content on We're Not Professionals. But, Chase, we mentioned it Tampa not performing so hot. We're going to do a little game review first and talk about why we are currently on a four-game losing streak. Losing here to Ottawa in our first game, we're looking back on a 7-2 to loss. We knew it was going to be high scoring. However, we figured Tampa would be able to kind of keep the same pace. That wasn't the case in this one. No, it was not. And if, if you can't tell, um, you know, by, by the score, it just it was just one of those days where you know things didn't go right you know Debrinket had himself quite the day um earning first star we saw Brady Chuck also followed up with with two goals as well and really like we just kind of didn't show up to play um we saw Brayden Point you know do everything he could at the best you know the best that he could but you know he, he could only do so much when we look at like the rest of the team as a whole it just it just was it was just underwhelming really just what, what it comes down to there was nobody that really stepped up to the plate and had a great day Brian Elliott had a tough day in that and, you know, it's just, just kind of the way things have been, been going for him all year. He's been kind of struggling. It's just it's a game, you, you know, you, you got to kind of shake off, hope that you can kind of keep it rolling um, or keep the good vibes rolling into the next couple of games, which at least the next game, the good vibes didn't really keep up. Yeah, and Ottawa, one of these teams that are hoping they can go on a little bit of a run here and try to squeeze their way in. They are uh, a little bit more unrealistic than some of the other teams we'll talk about, but... Uh, Ottawa definitely at least, tr- at least trying to make that case with a good win here over Tampa, 7-2. to two. You mentioned the next game didn't really go as well either. Uh, a 2-1 loss to Boston. Boston, obviously, best team in the league right now with this win. They clinched the Atlantic. Uh, they still have, I think, 10 or maybe only 9. Uh, no, no, they have 10 games left, and they've already clinched the Atlantic. So it kind of just shows you how dominant they've been. Um, this game much closer, the boys played better, but just couldn't take down the big, bad Bruins. Yeah, it was a, it was a battle from puck drop. Really. It was we had quite the, the Donnie Brook part of the game. It was, it was closer to a, a line ball as you're going to get, you know, in the modern, modern day NHL. 
you know, alone in the first nine seconds of the game, there was a total of, of five penalties handed out, a couple of fights, um, you know, a couple of roughing penalties. It was just absolute chaos, a little bit of a Donnybrook. It was it was a ton of fun. You don't get to see that type of passion in hockey much anymore, but sure enough, we got to see it. And I hope we can see a little bit more of that, especially in the playoffs going forward. Let's see some real, you know, nitty-gritty playoff hockey. But following that, it was a very, very tight game. Uh, Tampa got outshot again, kind of got outplayed a bit there. Um, Boston comes late the win because they've just been rolling this year. Um, it, it, you know, it was, it's, it's hard to go into a game like this and expect, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to be easy. Cause like we all, we all know it's not going to be easy. And, you know, yet again, Linus Olmark has a hell of a day. Um, only lets in one by him is continuing lowering that goals against average of, of a sub two. It's just incredible. They, they're a hard team to beat. They, they, they look borderline unbeatable, but sometimes that's a good thing going into playoffs because, like you know, I've mentioned it before, you just you don't want to be too hot when you're going into playoffs because eventually your hotness is gonna you know wear off and you're gonna start going cold. So hopefully Boston keeps it rolling by the time playoffs comes around and they start struggling. Yeah, I mean the wick always comes to its end, right? So when does Boston's fire finally run out? will be interesting to see when that happens and if that happens this year. But Andre Vasilevsky, he was the shining star of this one for me uh, when it comes to Tampa because this was a guy who just two weeks ago, he had a couple back-to-back stinkers in, in the you know 850 range for save percentage. He did all he could against Boston in this one. Boston had seven power play opportunities, only let in one, so... Vassy really starting to get in peak form. You'd love to see that as we go in towards the end. We just need the rest of the team to really get going as well because there is still a situation, a possibility, where Tampa doesn't get into the playoffs. So uh, let's talk about that now before we look forward to the Carolina game. We can kind of see um, if we can get points there against Carolina or not. But what does Tampa need to do from here on out in our final nine game or eight games, in our final eight games, what do we need to do to clinch that playoff spot? So really, as long as Florida doesn't win out, like Tampa's been pretty much in a good spot, and they're not going to win out. Like that's really what it comes down to. So even if they do, Tampa needs to get eight points in their in their next um, eight games, and that should be very attainable. Even you know if not, like even if they need to get four to six again it's all very attainable so we're you know we're in the driver's seat here we're sitting in a great spot you know the team's outside looking in right now it's kind of stacked in the metro and those those atlantic teams are are just kind of far behind really florida is the only one that's got like any chance to get in um because you, you know you can look at teams like the sabers like they they can't really get in anymore unless it's a wild card spot and tampa doesn't have to worry about forfeiting one of their um you know division spots to them so it just comes down to florida um they have an you know, they have an extra game. They, they're, excuse me. They've got um one less game. They, they've played. Oh, wait, I'm re- I'm on crack. My bad. They do have an extra game. I'm I'm struggling here. I can't I can't read my freaking standings. They do have an extra game. Uh, Tampa's got eight left. So there leaves a potential of 16 points where um, Florida's got nine left. These potential of 18 points. So if they were to win out, they could get up to 97. Um, at that point, Tampa just needs to get, you know, four wins. There are eight points to keep them above there. But. But realistically, they're not going to, so it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, and the thing that's a little bit worrisome for Tampa, obviously how they've been playing as of recent, but on the bright side, 
Florida also not looking so great. They're currently on a three-game losing streak. They've been dropping down the standings a bit too. So although there is a real possibility that if Tampa continues to play poorly, we get knocked out of the playoffs, Florida still has not been playing at their top performance either, so we should be able to uh, to head right into the playoffs as we expected earlier on in the season. Now hopefully we can get it rolling over these last eight games and you know you pick up some some hot streak as you head into the playoffs that can be huge i mean we saw st louis theirs was a little bit longer of a run they started in like february when they went on their cup run uh they started really getting hot in february march time and brought it all the way through the playoffs boston they've been doing it all year but if we can pick up some heat going in who knows maybe we've got a little bit more towards the end than boston does so Hoping for some good things from Tampa here. We got one game to preview this week, and it's against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday. They currently lead the Metro. What do we expect out of this one? Yeah, it should be a fun game. Uh, Carolina, they've got three very strong goaltenders that they could you know, they could rely on, and it, it always makes it a bit a bit tough when you're going against a team where they feel comfortable with whoever is healthy, whoever is ready to go. They can throw them right in. And when you look at the talent up front and on the back end, they're just a very, very complete roster. They do a great job of, you know, of building up their D-men and finding D-men that kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, got passed on from other teams and getting them to overperform, play really well. So it's, it's a very sturdy defensive core that can provide some offense from the back end as well. So that makes things a little bit tricky as well as well having, you know, an Andres Fetchikov, um, who's actually out, but, um, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Toibel Teravine, and Mar- Martin Nikosh, those guys up front. Um, so... It, it's not going to be some, you know, walk in the park, but it's definitely a winnable game. It should be a really entertaining one. Yeah, our last matchup against them didn't go as planned. A 6 nothing loss earlier this month, and then the only other time we faced them, they they were able to squeak out the game 4-3. to So really hoping that Tampa can get one on the board against Carolina because Carolina going to be one of those top-end teams going into the playoffs. They're hoping for a lot of success. So if we can see Tampa get a win over the like the Carolina Hurricanes and get rid of our losing streak as well, that'd be absolutely huge. Faux shizzle, Mike. All right, that's going to do it for the first half of the show. Dude, I'm about to do an outro. What is happening right now? This is going to do it for the first half of the show. <laughs> We're going to say hi to our friends over at DraftKings, and we'll be right back. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on the DraftKings Sportsbook one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine bets for a shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Will FAU continue their miracle run? Or will the Final Four be their final resting spot? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, any big bets on, well, tonight or Monday night you got currently in place? 
Um, yeah, it, state losing kind of hurt me a little bit. Had, had you know, decent chunk of that. If only they were better at basketball, they could have kept winning. But instead, uh, you know, they, they kind of kind of lost me a bit. So taking a little break, a little pause. I'm going to wait till you know, the next batch of, of March Bandits games and the next batch of Frozen 4 games before I bet a little more. Yeah, I'd stay away too because you always just jinx the teams you put money on and lose a lot of money. So I would I would definitely stay away as well. Uh, that's why I've stayed away because I've lost, I think, like my last six bets. Really just hoping Stetson Bennett comes through for me. If he doesn't, then, uh, oh, well, uh, I'm done betting, I guess. But there there was a, a bit of a dream that I had Friday night into Saturday morning where Stetson Bennett actually went first overall in the NFL draft. And if you follow the NFL draft whatsoever, that is not likely. So the fact that I had that dream... Really hoping it's not deja vu. If if he goes first overall, I like I'll <laughs> I'll do a I'll do a backflip live on Twitch or something. Okay, that'd be cool. Like I I don't know, or I'll do it. I don't even go on Twitch. I can go on Instagram. I, I forget the Instagram live exists. I'll just go live on Instagram. I'll figure out how to do a backflip. Might break my neck, but like it, it's he. You guys earned it at that point. Yeah, just rock it. Yeah, we'll, 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 rock we'll it. see what we can do with her. All right, let's talk about some news from around the league. We start with one that, uh, you know, not big fans of, but unfortunately, a Coyotes minority owner is under some some trouble, some duress. Yep, that he is. Uh, Coyotes minority owner, Andrew Barraway, was arrested for domestic violence recently. He is suspended indefinitely from the league. So what that means is he can't really engage in any business activities, camp. Uh, attend any games home or away, whatever it might be for the Coyotes until, you know, conclusion of an investigation or until he gets, um, you know, the suspension lifted and deservingly. So it's, it's, you got, you have to be a better role model, better example setter for your players and the rest of the NHL. Makes me question just the Coyotes overall and why Gary Bettman wants to continue to give them life. I mean, we saw them forfeit, a draft pick, what, just last year or the year before because they were doing some stuff with prospects, bringing them in against, you know, NHL rule. And now, I mean, they've always sucked. They're currently playing an ASU's rank. I got this kind of stuff going on. Like, I, I don't know. Just why continue to hold on at this point when it just seems Arizona as a whole is just a lost cause when it comes to the NHL? I 100% agree, man. All right, NCAA signings. How many do we have so far? We have the number is, I don't even know the nice. number. because I was, I was just looking at the EP transactions to do it. So the exact number, I don't know, but we've got double digits. Um, I can tell you that for free. Cool. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So I'll kind of, you know, just write off a few. We'll kind of go from, you know, the 23rd up till now to the 26th of the last, you know, last three, four days. Uh, a couple ones to note. Tyler Clevin uh, signs with, from the University of North Dakota to Ottawa Senders. He was their first round pick. Um, so not too surprising. Um, Ethan Fresh from UND also signs an American Hockey League deal with the San Jose Barracuda. Um, you know, we're going to pass on, we're going to skip over mo- most of those types of guys, mostly talk about guys with NHL relevance. Um, but I will mention your, your Michigan State Alumni, Mike, just to make you happy. Miroslav Mutko, he signs with Greenville in the East Coast League. And Dylan St. Cyr, uh, their goaltender, he signs with 
Grand Rapids in the AHL. Um, from there, also Cole Krieger, I believe that's how it's pronounced, um, another Michigan State boy, signed with the LA Kings, um, you know, the draft from their draft pick back in 2019, I want to say. Um, and from there we got, um, Oh, actually I do want to message this too. There's been a couple big, big transfers and I forgot to mention this up at the top, meant to put it there, but, um, you know, we, we saw red Savage is, you know, one guy who transferred to Michigan state, you're, you know, your, your, your school, your alma mater. And mm-hmm. then one of our guys, Isaac Howard yep. also going to Michigan state. How'd, how'd you feel about that one? Loved it. You know, being able to see guys, uh, especially the likes of Isaac Howard, first round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning, to see Michigan State actually pick up some more talented um, young players is is great to see because we know Michigan, they have been the premier school when it comes to hockey in Michigan, along with Michigan Tech and Western, you know, right up there with them. Michigan State has always kind of been a step below so to be able to see some really bright young players come into Michigan State is great, and I, I think it'll just do better for the the rivalries between all four of those teams. I mean, even the GLI to be able to see some of those guys play is going to be awesome. Hundred percent, man. Uh, so then, f- finishing off the list, we got Henry Thrun uh, signed to the San Jose Sharks out of Harvard, one of their draft picks. Parker Ford, a UDFA who um, he played some games with USA, the U20 uh, World, World Juniors, and never ended up getting drafted out of it, but signs with the Winnipeg Jets. Someone who's, he, he's got an outside chance to be an NHL or probably really just like a finish the season type guy, probably playing the AHL next year, maybe even playing the AHL this year. But Sean Farrell, Canadian's draft pick, signs out of Harvard. And then finally, Max Sasson, who was just drafted like an hour before we recorded, uh, or not drafted, signed, excuse me. He was one of the Hobie Baker finalists from Western Michigan, one of the multiple that they had, one of the multiple um, like m- multiple free agents that they had available to that were going to leave. Uh, so he goes to signs with Vancouver. I got to imagine he plays NHL games to finish out the year. Is he going to be a full-time NHLer? I don't know, but I, he's, I'd be very shocked he doesn't at least play games. Yeah, and I think that I saw – I don't know if it was the Sabres account or if it was their AHL account, but I know that – um, they tweeted out a picture of Devin Levi on the ice warming up a little bit. He obviously hasn't gotten any games played yet. Um, but I do oh, believe yeah, I do believe it was the Sabres account. So that's cool to see him too uh, get signed by the Sabres. I'm curious, Chase, of the guys that we've mentioned, any of them that we expect to see have a role going forward into playoffs? Or are are these all kind of future assets? I mean, they're mostly future. The uh, of these signings, the guy I expect to have the most impact would probably be Sean Farrell, and it gets with the Canadians. So they're not they're not going anywhere. So it's mostly future signings. There might be a couple guys that stick around um, into playoffs if if needed. You know, may, maybe like if as long as the Kings are in their safety, Cole Crider maybe he sticks around. Maybe. Um, Maybe we see Parker Ford hang out for the Jets as well, too. I guess we'll kind of see. Cool. All right. Well, we will keep you up to date on more NCAA signings if they come. But that's going to do it for the show. We're going to head into a hockey name of the day. And you really wanted to give me a name this day, didn't you? I did. Uh, we're going to go Susanna Colben Hayer. Colben Colben Hayer. Well, yeah, so Tusana, yeah, you you were close enough there, and I don't know what the hell that first pronunciation was of Colvin Hire, but it, 
yeah, yeah, whatever that was, it was not close. So, so Susana Kolbenhire, she is a former professional women's player from Hungary, actually played a bunch of international games for Hungary across a couple of different tournaments, um, played in the, you know, the women's league for Hungary. And currently now she is the president of um, Hungary's international hockey team. So like, you know, the, mm. all the, the, the women's world championships are like, like for the women's. And then she also does some uh, men's as well too, but president for all the women's helps out with the men's too. She was a general manager for quite some time as well. She was even an equipment manager at one point. So she's really just kind of been all over the place in terms of what she's been doing on um, outside of just playing. So prominent name in terms of Hungarian hockey, especially on the, on the women's side. Love to see that. Uh, I just don't know why you needed the silent Z's in her name. That that's big. That's a big part of like you know like I I don't know exactly what the um like origins of like of like Hungarian language. I'm assuming it's Germanic. Um, and you know that's that's a big that's a that's a big part of that language. Yeah, interesting. Um, for you for those listening that are curious, it's normally spelt Susanna, except there's a Z in front of both S's. So yes, there, there is. Yes, yes, there is. All right. That's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if you could hit him with an outro. As always, want to thank you guys for listening. You should follow us on Twitter. Apple's broadcast is Apple's broadcast. You can follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter at hockey pod net. That's at hockey pod net. While I write it, go follow WNP and Twitter at WNP sports pod. That's WNP sports pod. Make sure the hockey podcast network.com. You can find all the podcasts right there. Boom. Click the logo. That's an easy piece of lemon squeezy. Wherever this thing raise five stars. So your questions, comments, concerns. We really appreciate it. Whatever you do, there are fits. You go to HPN. It's not for DraftKings. Man, it must be NASCAR season because he was racing through that one. <laughs> Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.